grading. This is a big struggle in teacher world because it can feel like an extra task on our plate. Am I right? It's also challenging to determine what the guidelines are past meeting a standard. In today's episode, we're going to talk about how to approach grading in a more manageable way. So let's jump in. Welcome to the Teacher Time Podcast, a space where teachers are empowered to take control of their prep time so they can enjoy their time off guilt-free. You know how teachers are always working long hours? Here, we're changing that norm together by tackling your biggest productivity questions and planning challenges. I'm your host, Stephanie Polovchik, kindergarten teacher, toddler mama, and your very own productivity mentor. I know what it takes to get your important tasks done so you can consistently work your scheduled hours as a teacher, and I'm sharing it all with you here. In this community, we believe that you can be an effective teacher without sacrificing your free time. So let's ditch that constant cycle of overwhelm for teacher time strategies that work. Why? Because your time matters. Hello there. Today we're going to be talking about grading practices that save you time. I know grading can feel like one more thing that we have to do and it feels like something that takes a lot of our extra time. So we have all of those standards to grade for all of our students and the big question is how do you fit it all in? And how do you make sure that you grade students with consistency and objectivity? So the approaches that we discussed today are going to help you save time when grading because it will actually infuse the grading practices into what you're already doing instead of making it one more thing on your to-do list. And I'm not saying that you won't ever have to set aside extra time for grading, But by implementing these practices, you won't have to set aside as much time, right? The goal would be for grading to not be this huge responsibility left on our plate that we're trying to cram in at the end of each quarter or throughout the week. We want this to really be infused into what we're already doing. And we want to make it as simple as possible or as clear as possible what students need to do to meet certain grades or certain expectations. So I'm going to get into a few key practices that will help you save time when grading. We're going to talk about four key practices today. So the first grading practice is to not grade everything. I don't know about you, but I have definitely felt like I had to grade everything. I had to check every single activity and piece of paper that came in. But sometimes activities can just be for practice, right? It can be checked to see if the student put forth an effort to complete it. It can be an opportunity for students to practice a skill that they just learned. We know as teachers that repetition is key and Of course, we don't expect our students to master a skill the first time that they learn it. So by giving them opportunities to practice, that's what they're doing. It's not necessarily a grade or an official check for understanding, more of just an opportunity for them to practice and an opportunity for us to see where they're at and allow 
that to inform our instruction, but it doesn't have to be a formal grade that you write down and check off. These kinds of tasks, things that you're not going to officially grade, those make great activities to outsource to volunteers or paraprofessionals to check, by the way. So if you have something that you know you don't need to put a grade on it, maybe you just want to check that it was completed or just have someone take a look at it and let you know of any red flags, that would be a great activity to outsource to someone else to check for you. Side note there. (laughs) Okay, so that's that first practice that I would recommend is just not feeling like you have to grade everything and really distinguishing between what needs to be graded and what can just be checked quickly for completion or can just be an opportunity for practice. The next grading practice that we really want to get in the habit of doing is marking the times when you're going to be doing an official assessment on your calendar. So perhaps it's an official formative assessment that you need to do or a standardized assessment. Make sure that gets marked on your calendar so you know when it's coming up. This is just going to give you a heads up. It's going to allow you to proactively plan like we talked about in episode five. You also want to mark down if there are any times when you need to progress monitor students. So maybe you need to progress monitor students once a week bi-weekly or once every quarter, whatever it may be, mark those down in your calendar ahead of time so that you know when it's coming up. And again, you can proactively plan. You also want to mark down if you do have weeks where you're going to just review and students are going to just practice and do a little more independent review on their own while you are assessing, mark those down on your calendar too. If you want to hear a little bit more about being proactive with your planning, you can go ahead and listen to episode five, where we talk about strategies for proactively planning out the things that you're going to have to do so that they don't jump up on you um, and surprise you, which can lead to overwhelm. The next grading practice that I want to touch on here is using rubrics. Using grading rubrics can make the process very clear. And maybe you felt like this before where you know what the student needs to do in order to meet the standard, but you wonder what are the guidelines for determining when a student is below or progressing toward the standard. And I know I'm, I'm using terms, kind of generic terms. Your grades may be different, but you can kind of take those terms and apply them to whatever it is that you use when you're grading. But it can be really clear, okay, this is what the student needs to do in order to meet the standard. But there's kind of a gray area between what is really below or developing and what is almost meeting the standard, but not quite, and what does qualify as exceeding a standard. So we want to get really clear on that and a tool that can be really helpful in determining the differences in different levels of understanding are rubrics. Rubrics really help simplify this part of the grading process by clearing everything up. It can take some time to set up a rubric, but once you have it, all you have to do is look at how the student is performing and circle the appropriate level on the rubric. 
If you don't have a rubric, but you teach the Common Core Standards for kindergarten, I do have grading rubrics for you. This is by far one of my favorite grading tools. I'm going to link it in the show notes so you can check it out. Finally, the last grading practice that I want to talk about here are using task-based assessments that are graded through observation or during a time when you are already working with students. So what are task-based assessments? Task-based assessments are any sort of activity that you're going to grade. And so it could be a task that you give a student such as, tell me two words that rhyme with cat or... It could be show me a set of 15 cubes, right? So you're giving them a task to do, and then you are assessing them on that task, whether they were able to or not able to perform that activity. They're graded through observation. It's not a paper pencil grade. It's something that you observe. We know that paper and pencil take some time to check, and so I personally love using task-based assessments whenever I can. They can be completed during small groups or during independent time to help save time, and so it's just a great practice to really infuse into what you're already doing. One of my favorite times to do task-based assessments are during a time that students are working independently. Let's say that they are reading independently. That's a great time to pull students one-on-one for a quick task-based check-in. It's something you can very quickly mark off on your grading rubric or a checklist and just kind of move through the student's while they are working on something independently. And so you don't really have to set aside any extra time for it. So let's do a quick recap of the things that you can do to make the grading process take less time. So the first thing is don't grade everything. Decide what does need to be graded, what doesn't need to be graded. Is this activity going to just be for practice or is this something that I wanna do a check for understanding on? You also want to map out when your assessments will be completed so that it doesn't jump up and surprise you. Another grading practice that can save you a lot of time and your sanity is using rubrics to clarify the levels of student understanding. This is going to allow you to grade faster and with more objectivity. Finally, using task-based assessments more than paper and pencil assessments can save you time because it's one less thing to check, and that is a practice that you can infuse into what you are already doing. Like I said, if you teach kindergarten and you are looking for grading rubrics that are done for you, I am going to link my grading rubrics resource in the show notes here. Go check that out. It is a huge time saver, something that helps me write report card comments and just kind of keep track of student progress through the year. So go check that out. Also, make sure to join our Facebook group so that you don't miss out on the end of the year systems conversations that we're going to be having to end our year strong. We want to be able to turn our brains off for summer and not think about work. So let's make sure that we are simplifying our end of the year tasks together. Go ahead and click the link in the show notes to join the Teacher Time Productivity Facebook community. You're gonna love it. I can't wait to have you there. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. 
If you loved what we talked about here and want to connect further, you can find everything you need on my website, www.teachinglittleleaders.com. And if you loved this episode in particular, share it with your teacher friends by taking a screenshot and posting to Instagram stories. Make sure to tag me at Teaching Little Leaders so I can see it and reshare. I'll see you next Tuesday. Have a fabulous week.